The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls in front of pigs, or they may trample them and then turn on you and tear you to pieces. So always treat others as you would like them to treat you. That is the meaning of the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, since the road that leads to perdition is wide and spacious, and many take it. But it is the narrow gate and the hard road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the feast of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, the, um, the Jesuit. And I want to say with regard to those readings, which are not the readings for the feast, but for the day, for the ferrier day, but we see something very curious. Israel receives a letter from the Assyrian king, and it's a taunt. When I first read it, I thought that it was the other way around. I thought God was saying, don't assume I'm going to protect you, because Israel did fall into Assyrian slavery. Israel did fall into Babylonian slavery. Israel was the slave of Egypt. They were slaves of other nations. It happened. But at whose command did they fall into slavery? Not the king of Assyria. He doesn't have dominion over creation. All of these kingdoms fall into the permissive, providential arm of God's activity. If they're going to be conquered, it's by God's will, not by the conquering nation's will. And this, this really should give us a lot of heart because... It means no matter what adversity we encounter, is it God's will that they should conquer us or is it God's will that we should conquer them? Whatever the case, it's good because it's God's will. There's there's literally no uh, wrong outcome there. As long as we're faithful to God, then the very worst could happen. And it's okay. Uh, If God has allowed it, surely it's part of something bigger that we can't see right now, but... Praise the Lord, we're still on the straight and narrow. I was thinking to myself with regard to this, this narrow path. It's a, it's a counterintuitive message here, especially in today's age. There's this big emphasis on synodality, this hyper-listening, which is good. We should have open ears. But who precisely are we listening for? Because if we open our ears to the, the kind of endless cacophony of the world, it disorients us. We don't know where we're going or who we're listening to. We're not just listening to everything all the time. We're listening for that still, small voice which speaks through everything. This kind of sacramental awareness that God is able to communicate by an infinite number of means. In the spiritual life, we we talk about these four voices of discernment. There's the voice of the world. And it's, it's cacophony. <laughs> it's predominantly advertisements and um, you know, messages of that nature, just trying to get you to buy whatever it is they're selling. Well, the discerner has to, has to sort of shut their ear to that, at least at, at, at moments. Then there's the voice of um, the self, me, and my concerns. I've got to do that when I get home. I've got to do that when I get to work. I've got to whatever, my, my tasks badgering me internally, the discerner will have to hush that as well. Then, very seriously, there's the voice of the evil one who speaks words that are like arrows, 
you are worthless. You do not matter. Uh, you will never amount to X, Y, or Z. And we definitely need to combat that voice when we hear it raising its ugly head. We can speak directly as Jesus does in the desert. So finally, when the whole symphony of voices is hushed, it's a, it's a still... The scripture, the scripture in that passage from Kings, it says a thin silence, whatever exactly that is. It sounds like nothing. A thin silence, speaking words of peace and truth and love and speaking to us by calling us, calling us by name. That voice leads us by an infinitely narrowing road, not because it desires to hem us in, but it desires to lead us into the fullness of peace, into the fullness of joy. And in fact, it orchestrates everything for that purpose. Paul says God orchestrates the whole universe for our good.